If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. Pack your bags, start the car, and get on the road. It's time to go across the country two minutes at a time for the biggest stories of the day where they're happening. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Indianapolis, Indiana. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Cleveland, Ohio. Boston, Mass. Miami, Florida. It's the two-minute drill on the program. Second half of the program begins now here on a Victory Monday. Chiefs Super Bowl champions for the third time in five years uh, playing uh, in their fourth in five years, winning their third championship back-to-back joining the exclusive club of just uh, eight accomplishments. Seven franchises, do I have that right? Or uh, eight franchises. Nine, nine accomplishments. Steelers yeah. did it twice in the uh, back-to-back category. Uh, we're celebrating here at Henhouse. You can celebrate a great romantic dinner for two uh, with Henhouse doing all the work for you. That's right. Uh, with an appetizer, salad, two entrees. Uh, you can choose from prime rib, uh, the herbs to province turkey breast, uh, mustard-encrusted salmon. Uh, also comes with a couple of sides, uh, two desserts, a French baguette, and a single red rose, all for just forty nine ninety nine. Order it right now. At henhouse.com, get that order in quickly. And of course, they got you covered in the floral department as well. Twenty-five bucks for a dozen red roses, thirty dollars for the rainbow rose, a uh, dozen rainbow roses. Uh, they've also got beautiful bouquets of other flowers. If your Valentine isn't a big rose fan and likes other flowers, they got those potted plants, balloons, everything to uh, make sure your Valentine knows that they are special. It's here at henhouse. Go to henhouse.com for more details. Uh, let's get to our two-minute drill. Uh, it's brought to you by uh, Twin Peaks, your spot for watch. All the games. Big Monday tonight. Rock Chalk Jayhawk and Texas Tech going at it. If you want to catch the game, Twin Peaks has TVs everywhere. 29 degree. Draft beers, premium cocktails served over ice balls. Kay, you know all about that. Oh, yeah. A made-from-scratch menu. Uh, the most scenic views anywhere in town. Eats, drinks, scenic views. It's at Twin Peaks. Go to TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Let's get things started here in the drill. We begin in Phoenix, Arizona. Luke Lipinski, Arizona Sports 98.7 is there. Luke, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing very good. Why were they turning away uh, folks at the Phoenix Open and cutting back on the alcohol sales? Did it finally get too rowdy at the rowdiest tournament, the tournament that celebrates being the rowdiest tournament in the PGA? Uh, there's a lot of talk that maybe that was the case. It's been raining down here, not not today, but it has been lately, and so there's also talk that maybe you have all those people and they were condensed into too tight of a space because a lot of the areas you could normally go to were restricted because of mud and stuff, but... Um, you know, there's going to be a breaking point at some point <laughs> because there's a lot of people that just see that event as their opportunity to let loose whatever that means to each person. It obviously means something a little bit different to each person. Yeah. Uh, tell me, is there any fear the uh, Live Tour was in Vegas uh, that same weekend? And I guess the plan is to go wherever the Super Bowl goes. Now, when it's in Arizona, I don't know if they're going to put it on at another course uh, there in uh, Phoenix uh, when, the, when the Super Bowl comes back there. But anybody worried about Live trying to go head-to-head uh, against the, uh, the, the Waste Management Open? No, I haven't heard much about that yet just because, I, I mean, I guess anything's possible. But I'd, I'd be a little surprised just because that is such a big event. Here and even you know flying back from Vegas during Super Bowl week last week, all the flights to Phoenix were packed, and I'm sure it wasn't all because of the, the open, but that's that was part of it. And so I, I I would see it would be kind of an odd decision to try to go up against that. Yeah, uh, well we'll see. I mean they're, they're trying to do something, and that's that's one of their plans. Uh, tell me about the Suns. Why aren't they better? What's what's the problem uh, with them right now? 
they're not. You can just like we were talking about trying to give them a grade today on the show, and it's just, you'd have to give them incomplete. But they are. So they 18 and 7 in their last 25. So they really have record-wise been better than they look. And that's something that, like, even down here, we're kind of like, well, they really have, like, one of the best records of basketball for Christmas. It doesn't totally feel like it, though, because they're not really putting teams away. And they started so slow this season. So, you know, I think right now with them, it, it's a mix of the slow start and then also the expectations are nothing short of a championship when you bring in Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, and you can't win a championship in February, obviously. Nine threes from Steph Curry. The Warriors take them down. Uh, people frustrated with the uh, no call at the end. Uh, you, what, what did you think about how that game ended? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I, think, I think people are just frustrated with Draymond Green in general here because the last two times they've played, he has uh, he's certainly got under the skin of Yusuf Nurkic and he gets under the skin of fans pretty much every time they play anyway. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't hear a lot of griping about the, uh, the way it ended other than you can't really leave Steph open, although you take that shot from 35 feet away, 33 feet. So sometimes, sometimes you just lose the Steph. Yeah. Um, by the way, I got a text that said uh, the live tour in Las Vegas was incredible. I know they like uh, put together, you know, uh, they, they get much more lax uh, restrictions on things. I know that, that waste management open is pretty lax on a lot of the things as well. But uh, I, I thought that was an interesting uh, uh, follow up. All right. So the Suns uh, at five and a half back chasing four teams. Uh, where do you think they finish? What, what do you, you mentioned the team playing better? Do you think this is uh, the team that will battle the Nuggets to the end? Uh, for that top spot? Where do you think they ultimately stack up when the uh, playoffs roll around? Yeah, I think, I mean, as far as the regular season, they'll probably finish right around fifth. Um, But in the playoffs, you know, if you just look in the Western Conference, they definitely are not a team you want to play. Like if you're, I don't know, if you're the number four seed in your Oklahoma City, let's say, or something, then you probably don't want to draw the team of Kevin Durant, Jeff Booker, and Bradley Beal in the first round. Um, you know, I, I would take my chances with them against anybody except, you know, Denver. Denver has earned the right to be like, you got to see the team actually beat Denver before you feel like you're going to beat the Nuggets in the seven-game series. They don't have an answer for Yoko Kids. I think they have more of an answer this year than they did last year. And they actually did push the Nuggets kind of harder than anybody else did in the playoffs. But it still felt like if Yoko had to turn it on at any point, he could. And until we see otherwise, I'm, I'm going to kind of believe the same. All right. And lastly, Brent Brennan. As the head coach of U of A, uh, they lose Jed Fish. Uh, what's the reaction? Do they think they got it right in uh, replacing their head coach? Yeah, I think they're just a little shell shocked still, I mean, and maybe it shouldn't be. But, you know, I mean, it's college football, and this, this stuff happens. But uh, Jed Fish was was pretty adamant that he was going to stick around in Tucson, even just like a week or two before he ended up bolting for Washington. And, and you know, look, I, I don't. I didn't go to U of A, so I, I think I can handle this a little impartially. I don't like you can blame anybody for a job like that opening and go. But he was building something pretty decent at U of A, and I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a downer that you start to build something and you just you just fail and, and you kind of have to start over. So I think they're taking a wait and see approach with this guy. But they were they were all in on on fish with what he had done over the last year, obviously. I mean, I don't know. Chip Kelly skating on UCLA to go be the OC with Ohio State. I'm, I'm not convinced that these Western schools uh, playing in the Big Ten is going to be a big hit. I think if Arizona was getting close money-wise, the Arizona job might be the better one uh, when it's all said and done. We'll see how it plays out over the long haul. Luke Lipinski in Phoenix, Arizona. Great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate it. Have yourself a great week. 
Aton Shander, Fox 29, and the Philly voice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is next. Aton, how are you? I'm fantastic, Seren. I couldn't be happier for you guys. And you know where I got to go. I got to start with my guy Spags, but was was really happy to see that ending last night. And yeah, I it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we know the connections uh, are many uh, there with the uh, Philadelphia area. So it's nice to know there was somebody in this country that was rooting for the Chiefs besides those of us here in Kansas City. So uh, good to hear. Uh, not good to hear how long Embiid's going to be out. Uh, are they worried he's now going to be missing time in the playoffs as well? Boy, you know, you on these short segments, here's just no time to filibuster, huh? <laughs> Try to put off the bad news as long as possible, Seren. Look, the season is over. The Philadelphia 76ers have effectively punted on the year. Tobias Harris, you probably missed tonight, will see a lot more rest for Tyrese Maxey down the stretch. Bringing in Buddy Heald and Kyle Lowry is not a band-aid. It is the hope and prayer from Daryl Morey that Joel and B will be ready to go. I don't mean like on the floor, but I mean fully conditioned by the second round. But here's the reality of it. And Daryl knows this. He's going to have a ton of money. Really only... Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey officially on the books next year to head into the offseason. But here's the biggest problem, Seren. Even if Joel Embiid comes back ready to go for the postseason, guess what? The Philadelphia 76ers are going to fall precipitously in the standings. It's already happening right now. There were 10-point dogs on the road in Cleveland. I think it's down to like nine and a half. The problem with the timeline is Joel Embiid doesn't come back 100%, right? I mean, how many times have you seen this guy miss games, miss time, and it takes him time to get reacclimated from a conditioning standpoint? So Joel Embiid is basically going to take the first play-in slash first round, hopefully, to get fully conditioned. And if he gets banged up like he's been in like five straight postseasons, the season is effectively over. I think it's over right now. Yeah, it feels that way. Um, they're not signing Kyle Lowry because they think it's over, right? That's a move made to try to, you know, tape this thing together and try to survive until Embiid comes back. He's 37 years old. I mean, he went to Cardinal Dockery, which is a, a local high school here. So clearly there's the local angle to college and everything. But, I mean, look, he helped Miami because Miami was a good team that could take depth and, and scoring off the bench. But that's in the playoffs. You have to get there first. Kyle Lowry playing extended minutes in the regular season means this season is over. I think it further validates that Daryl Morey has punted. But here's the beauty of it, right? And this is where I do give Morey credit, like I would give Roseman or anybody else as a GM running the team. You cannot say to Philadelphians, we're punting. You cannot say to fans, we are tanking. They tried that. Remember, with Sam, they tried that years ago, and people left, and they had 6,000 people on a nightly basis down there. The Sixers are going to try. That's exactly why they went out and got Buddy Hill. Yeah, he took the role here as far as knocking down threes and more. He loved threes, but he was on a good team and barely getting scratch out there. So this is what it's all about. It's a little bit of dangling the key. Say, CCC, we're still in it. We're still in it as they lose game after game. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Hassan Reddick wants to trade from the Eagles. Why is this? Is everybody wanting out of Philadelphia? And if you look at the odds uh, for the championship uh, next year, uh, they're not exactly prominently featured up towards the top. There are not a lot of great expectations. I'm looking here. The Eagles are at... Where do I have the Eagles scrolling? 17 to 1 uh, are the Eagles for the uh, Super Bowl next year. Is is everybody wanting out from this team? Why is Reddick one out? 
Well, I can say this. Reddick wants out on the surface because of money, but I can guarantee you that it has everything to do with him being the most vocal critic inside that locker room of not only Matt Patricia and the defense, but really just how things were going down the stretch. And so part of bringing people back, like Nick Sirianni, totally unqualified, should have been gone, should have been fired by now, but the Eagles are too soft in that spot, and they realize they couldn't find a better head coach, is eliminating negative voices. Look, Andy Reid did this before he went to Kansas City, and the Eagles would part ways and part ways. Sometimes it was guys who would butt heads with Andy Reid. Sometimes it was guys who would butt heads with Sean McDermott, Juan Castillo, and others, and it would just be like, all right, we're trying to make this a unified unit coming into it. Tom Reddick is going to do wonders for whatever team he lands on. I think he's going to get paid there, but the deeper issue is that Hassan called him out, and rightfully so. Matt Patricia had no freaking clue, Seren, what he was doing out there. Sean Desai had no clue, and actually made Desai look a little smarter. It, it was a complete disaster, and I credit Reddick. He's a local guy from Camden. He doesn't back down to anybody. If you have a question, he's going to answer it, and he did it Exactly that. And he just kept saying, coaching issues above what's going on here. I need answers. And I think that is a big reason why they're allowing him to keep the trip. Yeah. Uh, what do they think about the uh, the, the readjusted uh, coaching staff? Uh, is Are people liking what they did do to change the coaching staff underneath Sirianni? Yeah, I, this is where I'm butting heads, I think, with some of the fan base here. I, I, there's this belief that if you surround Nick Sirianni with the right people, that they can win. Well, they did that two years ago, and then those two people left. And then we just saw who Nick Sirianni was. He's a guy who has no feel. He's a guy who loses control of games. And he's a guy who really has no way of pulling the team out of a tailspin. He locked his team quick down the stretch. And I go back, and I actually tweeted this earlier, uh, maybe it was during the Super Bowl, right after the Super Bowl. Remember Ciliani yelling at who? Remember, your guys, Chiefs fans, ah, nah, 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 leaving the field. Nick Ciliani is the midseason champion. He is the NFL midseason champion. He is not a playoff coach. He got lucky because the people around him and Jalen Hurts was still brand new to the league. Everybody caught up to him. The beauty of what y'all are doing out there, Seren, is that people are trying to catch up to Mahomes and Reed and now sag on defense every single year, but they're smarter. Nick Sirianni's not smarter than most coaches, and that's going to be his undoing. This is his last year here in Philadelphia. Yeah, all right. We'll see how it plays out. Great stuff as always. Aton Chander <laughs> in Philadelphia, man. We love it. Uh, thank you so much, and have a great week. Congrats, brother. Happy to see you guys. Alex Barth, 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston, Massachusetts is next. Alex, how are you, sir? Good. How are we doing, guys? Congratulations. Do- yeah, thank you. Thank you. Doing very good here uh, on a uh, on a championship Monday, I guess we'll call it. Uh, a lot of fun. Still, uh, we, we, we all measure Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady, measure the Chiefs against the Pats. So uh, maybe that's a consolation prize uh, for the folks uh, in Boston. Let's talk a little bit about Boston College. Bill O'Brien, the head coach for... Take me back. Jeff Halfley leaving as the head coach to take a defensive coordinator job, albeit in the NFL with the Packers. How much of a shock was this to Boston College? 
It was pretty surprising. I, you know, I don't think anybody thought he'd be there forever, but just the nature of it, the coaching cycle kind of starting to die down. Uh, I, I, I do think it came as a, a bit of a surprise. I don't think they were expecting once the, the initial wave of the hiring cycle had gotten past. Halfley's obviously done a good job the last couple of years. He just brought in their first bowl win since 2017. But I think it had gotten to the point where, where it kind of felt safe, and then obviously out of nowhere, boom, he jumps to the NFL. Yeah, um, do they like, you know, is Bill O'Brien being accepted? Is this a popular choice? So it's funny, the people who are like primarily BC people like him, but I mean, BC, BC, it's not followed super closely up here. The, the Patriots fans maybe don't follow BC closely, are very confused as to why he's being celebrated as a hire at BC, but he is because they have not had a coach of his level, of his pedigree in a long time and the thing we know about Bill O'Brien as a college coach is he's a program builder that's what he does that's what he specializes in and that's what the Boston College program needs it needs to be built I mean, they, haven't, they haven't finished over 500 in, in conference play in over a decade they really started from scratch and you look at the job he did at Penn State obviously very different circumstances but he can kind of build something for nothing and that's what they need done and that's what has people excited by the way, what's the reaction when the guy who replaces him is Chip Kelly, who's leaving the head coaching job of the UCLA Bruins, albeit maybe one step ahead of the posse uh, in UCLA, but he leaves the head coaching job of UCLA to take over as the OC at Ohio State. I mean, that does add some cachet, I would think, to the fact that the position Bill O'Brien had is is a launching pad to get a head coaching job, maybe at you know a bigger program than Boston College. I mean, this I would think that part of the equation makes him feel better. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think with Kelly, kind of like you alluded to, I think it was a, no, you can't break up with me, I'm breaking up with you. He saw the writing on the wall, and he got out in his own accord when he could, but it, the, the weird thing about that job to me is Brian Hartline's the co-offensive coordinator, and he's the wide receiver coach, and he's this unbelievable developer at such an important position in the sport, and I don't fully understand how he hasn't been poached yet and why somebody hasn't given him a chance to run his own show. So the element of working with Heartline is very interesting, and it, in that sense, it never felt like Bill O'Brien was a fit. Part of the reason it didn't work out for him with the Patriots was he was never given full autonomy of the offense, and I think that really handcuffed him. So to go and be a co-offensive coordinator was always a very curious choice to me. Uh, but with Chip Kelly there, it's going to be really interesting because, again, you're going to have two guys, I think, that realistically should be head coaching candidates working side-by-side to run that offense with an offensive coach who might be on the hot seat in Ryan Day. Yeah, no, I I think uh, it's interesting. (laughs) Very much so, it's interesting. Uh, Celtics, free and clear by five games in the East. They stand pat at the trade deadline. Uh, You okay with that, or was there something they needed to be trying to work on? Well, they still have an open roster spot, and, and the expectation is they'll do something in the buyout market. But I, I didn't need them to make any big move. Like you said, it, they have a pretty sizable lead in the Eastern Conference right now, and they're playing very well. Yeah, I thought they played a great game the other night against Miami, a team that's given them a ton of trouble the last two years. Obviously, knocked them out of the playoffs last year. So this isn't, you know, the last few years it felt like the trade deadline was this very monumental moment in the Celtics season because they were always chasing somebody and how, you know, they needed to react to a move the Bucks made, react to a move the Sixers made, react to a move the Heat made. It doesn't feel like that this year. They're the one everybody's chasing and nobody else really made a big move either. So I'm okay with them more or less standing path. They definitely needed to add depth and they added depth. They really didn't give up anything. We'll see what they do in the buyout market, but I I don't think you can complain if you're a Celtics fan about what they did at the deadline. 
Four and a half clear of uh, the Western Conference. Uh, the Timberwolves at the top there. Five clear, as I said, in the East, although the Cavs are hot. I think the Celts are the team to beat. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, Alex Barth uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. Great stuff, buddy. We appreciate it. Have yourself a uh, fantastic week. You too. Thanks for having me. Munch Bishop, uh, NEO Sports Insiders in Cleveland, Ohio, is next. Munch, how are you, sir? Brother, I am superb, and congratulations uh, right now, today, and uh, until the uh, next season ends, you're in the championship city again. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're not we're not upset about it. That's for sure. Uh, we're very excited and thrilled. Let's let's talk about the uh, Cleveland Browns. They did take a step this year. Kevin Stefanski wins Coach of the Year, uh, and uh, of course Joe Flacco wins Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, Browns fans got to be pleased that they at least took a major step this year. You know what? They certainly did, especially with the circumstances, and even more so than the starting quarterback going down. Nick Chubb, to me, is uh, pound for pound, round for round, is the best running back in the NFL. Kevin Stefanski was masterful. And, of course, you've been through there, Soren, uh, is that uh, everyone wanted to fire game after game after game after game because of his play calling. But what he did was unbelievable. Go through quarterbacks, go through a couple that not even sure they should be on a practice squad in the league and DTR and uh, PJ, but the bottom line is they got the job done. Joe Flacco had been looking for a job for quite a while. He got the job done in a big, big way, bringing respect and dignity and damn good play, too, to the team, uh, meshing immediately with Cooper, and that was just a thing of beauty to behold. Yeah, it was a lot of fun down the stretch. So what do they do at quarterback for next year? Is he still part of the equation, or is it like, nope, Deshaun will be healthy, we got too much tied up in him, we're going that direction? Brother, you sum something up that's uh, the eternal question here, and I like with one of our writers, Terry Pluto, with uh, Cleveland Play Dealer, Cleveland.com, wrote, it's burned the light post because they have put so much into Deshaun Watson that it's Deshaun, Deshaun Watson sink or swim. The money they've given him, and I've joked before, but in all seriousness, um, Jimmy Haslam has swindled more money than that people over the years. They just pay him off and send them back. I don't know what they're going to get on that, okay? But the bottom line is, Oh, yeah, it's Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson, or as I finally call him, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, pretty fitting. Uh, let's talk about your Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, what do we make of uh, Chip Kelly coming in in the offensive coordinator role there for the Buckeyes? Well, you know what? Real interesting. Bill O'Brien, of course, comes in for what the, a week and goes bye-bye, goes to Boston College. Here's one thing I want to get out. Because, you know, I have the preeminent Buckeye Homer, Hawk, and Shield. It was disgusted, uh, not so much with the U of M game, but with the, the bowl game with the Buckeyes got handled by your boys from just down the road there in Columbia. But the bottom line is this, Sarin, I actually spent a little amount of time wondering if this was a mountain that the Buckeye football program would not be able to climb for a couple of years. I was horrified and actually had a sinking feeling in my stomach. And being a fan of Cleveland sports teams, that's not too hard to do. But uh, uh, the, the, the transfer portal was very kind to them. And Chip Kelly will also be very, very kind to him. I think it's a great move. I think it's a, not a desperate move, just a move that was needed. As Ryan Day said on a Wednesday evening, he's laying awake in bed thinking what plays he's going to call when he should be thinking about 
a bigger picture of the team. I don't think I wouldn't be sure. I know it's a very nice move for, for the for the team. Interesting though that the chip steps down as a head coach and uh, goes from there. But uh, I'm happy to have him on board. And the Buckeyes have reached their ranks just unbelievable with unbelievable talent for the upcoming year. How how hot is the seat under Ryan Day's rear end? Well, you know what? If you ask me, it was hot last year also. Um, you can't lose to the team up north for three years in a row. Now, one of the saving graces is there's no doubt that they cheated 100%. Oh, come on, Montreal Graves. No, you know what? What they did was dastardly, and they got up with a, a slap on the wrist from that one. But the seat was hot last year, and you know what? I would feel that even hotter this year. So we'll see what happens. And you know what? Look at the moves he's making already with coaching staff. He knows that uh, this is a do-or-die make-or-break year for himself. Cleveland Cavaliers have won nine in a row. They've moved up into second place in front of the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference standings, just five behind the Celtics. Uh, we just had Boston on. They feel pretty good that they're the best team. Do you think the Cavs can make a run of catching them? Oh, there's no doubt they can. And, you know, I'm glad you brought I know you're a hoops guy, too, big time. This team is so much fun. And when the things get turned around, they're back to the wall. When Mobley and Garland went out, Jared Allen showing a fighter that I didn't know that young fellow possessed. I know he's a big guy, but my God, one of the sweetest human beings you've ever met and spoken to. He's gotten all fired up. Donovan Mitchell showing the, the superstar that he certainly is. The new guys that they brought in, are they stars, Yang and Strews? No, they're not, but they're filling their role nicely. Uh, Terrence LaVert showing it coming off the bench is what it is there for him. And even interesting too, J.P. Bickerstaff, he's a nine-guy rotation guy. Walton, he's got guys playing so good. He's got to go 10. They have a catch-and-shoot guy. He, as I call him, what Kyle Corver was supposed to be for the team for years in Sam Merrill. Who? Sam Merrill. Remember that name. And they are a heck of a lot of fun. And they're playing defense. They're playing offense. And something else. What are they? The, the, the adages for basketball, the best first thing you should do is shoot, then pass, the dribble, they're doing exactly that. When I see them skip the ball around, bang, 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 and make a shot, it is phenomenal. Or hit a guy driving to the hole, uh, you know, running without the ball. This is a lot of fun. Catch him if you can. All right, Munch Bishop. Uh, great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate it. Have yourself a fantastic week, my friend. You too, brother. Take care. Hey, everybody. Joe Spiker, owner of Easton Roofing here. For almost 10 years, we've been a locally owned and operated family business. At Easton, we work on every job with one thing in mind, integrity matters. I grew up in central Kansas and was raised on the values of respecting hard work. At Easton, we always make decisions based on the ethical, right thing for the customer. That's what integrity means to us. So if you have any questions about your roof, give me and my team a call, 913-257-5426. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. Always a treat to you now with you, bud. All right, the Joe's Kansas City Barbecue end of the hour answer. Six teams in the last 20 years, six teams, have played both number one seeds in a single postseason. How many of them won the Super Bowl? Since obviously one of those number one seeds was met in the Super Bowl. How many won that Super Bowl out of six? One more time. Uh in the last 20 years, six teams. I was writing. I, I get you. Some, I, I noticed that. Was, well, I'll, I'll talk this well, I was trying to. I was trying to digest <laughs> it while I was writing, but I wasn't having success. Uh, in the last 20 years, six teams have played both number one seeds in a single postseason. So obviously one of them mm-hmm. came in the Super Bowl. 
How many of them won that Super Bowl? All six. All six. I was the one who sent you that That's one originally, true. so that yes. was an easy one for That's me. That's why I was. Uh, I just thought maybe you you, you, did, you kind of played it off fairly well. Uh, you, you nailed it without actually giving up the fact. Oh, you, no, I, I try to fess up when That's I. That's true. I, well, you, I, but you did. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I, I think I get a couple right here and there that I yes. don't need to. Right. You know, glam a couple of. Yes. You know, and when, steal and, my way there. And when it's one you you gave me, you say it right away. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, that one. That is amazing. I don't. Why? I think it's just coincidence, or there's. Um, can you reverse it, engineer it that be. into something? I'm, I'll, let's go back in order. We'll we'll start with the uh, most recent before the Chiefs was the Bucks in twenty. Um. I don't know if there's something you can glean between these two teams. Okay. Uh, 2011 and 2007 Giants. Okay. The 05 Steelers and the 04 Pats. Now, the 04 Pats were defending champions, as were the Chiefs. Do they, do they all knock the one off in the conference championship game, or do they knock them off? It could be in the divisional uh, round. No, the, the Pats, Giants Pats bo- did. Both the Giants came in the divisional round, Cowboys yeah. and Packers. Pats did. Steelers did not. They won at Bolt at Indy. The Bucks won. I think they won. I think Green Bay was the one in twenty. Is there is there an example of one that took down the one and then didn't play the one and lost to him? Uh, in other words, they then turn around and played the two or three in the other conference. Oh, oh I see. Um, I, I'm sure there are a num- number of those. I'll, I'll go actually. Because I mean, I, I guess because it kind of looks like, hey, if you're good enough to take down a one seed mm-hmm. in your conference, you're on, on fire on yeah. the road. Yeah. You're on fire. You're playing hot football. You're the hot. You're the better team right yeah. now, and so you're playing and the better football, and it just carries forward. That that would be the conclusion to reach, without seeing what happened to anyone else who took out the ones. Like because like the. The uh, Baltimore, no, the Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. took down the Ravens in 19, who were the one seed, and then turned around and lost to the Chiefs. I they found the linkage, get there. maybe. Okay. Brady, Roethlisberger, Eli, Eli, Brady, Mahomes. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame quarterbacks is the key. Yeah. I will. <laughs> one all, team all that. All four of those guys are going. A team that beat a one and then went and beat a two in the Super Bowl, also with a Hall of Fame quarterback, not to bring up painful memories, but John Elway's first. Um, They didn't have a chance to play the NFC's one, but they played the NFC's two, who had knocked off the NFC's one, um, and beat the Packers. And, And again, Hall of Fame quarterback. Over a Hall of Fame quarterback. And that, that was even, too, because that Packer team may not have been the one seed, but they were the defending yeah. Super Bowl champions. Exactly. Yeah, and, they, and, and, I, they, and they went to San Fran and just kind of put them on them. They, they really un, unmasked uh, somewhat of a fraud. And weren't they missing Reggie White or somebody important for uh, that? Maybe Brett. Uh, but yeah, they and they, they, they were missing. They weren't missing Brett Favre. They weren't. That. No, no, no. Because no, he had the longest no. streak of playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Forever, he had the Lou Gehrig, uh, Cal Ripken streak of the NFL. You're right. Maybe they were missing Reggie White, but the point is, like, they were still a really damn good two seed. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the Broncos knocked off the one. Foremost. Yeah, 
That makes sense. Uh, we're at Hen House, by the way. We just gave away some Joe's Kansas City Barbecue right across the uh, parking lot from where we are. We're at Hen House at 119th and Row, uh, where you can get a wonderful romantic Valentine's dinner for two. Uh, go to henhouse.com. Uh, you can check out uh, your uh, choice of uh, entrees. Uh, get a couple of entrees, uh, prime rib, uh, herbs to province, turkey breast, mustard-encrusted salmon. Uh, you get an appetizer, uh, salad, uh, two sides, two desserts, a French baguette, and a single red rose for just forty nine ninety nine, a wonderful romantic dinner for two at home. Don't mess around with uh, driving all over town or, or waiting to get your table. You can uh, have a wonderful dinner at home. Let Hen House do all the cooking for you. Go to henhouse.com. I mentioned we just gave away Joe's right here at 117th and Row, joeskc.com. And some wonderful burnt ends from Joe's as part of our uh, spread. Uh, Joe's Kansas City, joeskc.com. Get you some Joe's tonight. Uh, sit back and watch some big Monday basketball and just enjoy. Celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know, come down from the high of winning a championship with wonderful Joe's yeah. Kansas City Barbecue. That is after you rewatch the, the the final two drives, which is what I, 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 I did. I did last night. I left, up. was at a friend's house until about one thirty. went home, watched some of the coverage. Of course, I had to watch the, the entirety of the drive because when you're – in a group, you you know this. When you're in a group setting, you're paying attention to the game. But you kind of wanted to sit and watch it, and and kind of go process it again. So I had to watch that again. So, and I'll probably do that again tonight, and maybe again tomorrow, maybe again on Wednesday or Thursday. But uh, then you can watch some 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 basketball. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, go to Joe's Kansas City Barbecue uh, tonight from hey, 47th Mission, 119th and Strangline, and 117th and Row. Joe's Kansas City Barbecue, the finest barbecue in the world. It's just waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Order it online or send it anywhere in the country at joeskc.com. Uh, let's hear a little bit of uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they had their uh, post. Uh, Super Bowl press conference uh, today. Let's start with Andy Reid uh, when he was asked about uh, what he thinks about his team's place in history. Yeah, well, listen, uh, it's history. Um, how you write it is will be how you write it, and whether it's a dynasty, we don't we don't determine if it's a dynasty. You guys do. So, um, but I would tell you that. It's as fine a group as I've been around, and I've been around. So I've been very fortunate to have been around some great organizations, and good teams, um, and this this group here and organization are tremendous. And if somebody said dynasty and tagged it onto it, I'd, I'd be very proud of that. Uh, let's hear uh, Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about this here in a second, but he's basically asked uh, the same question: What does he think the team's place in history is? Yeah, it means a ton. Um, not only for me, but I think just I know how hard these guys work. I know how hard these guys get after it. Um, I know how hard the coaches work. I believe we're the hardest working team in the NFL. Um, and for us, for that, all that hard work to pay off, that's something that we always preach is we believe we work for those moments, for those end-of-game moments, and, and we prepare ourselves for those. And um, to be able to, um, to have our stamp on this great NFL history um, is something that I'll never take for granted, and hopefully we can continue to, to let that thing go. What do you think? I think um, that's a perfect balance between appreciating their place in history and knowing what it is and acknowledging what they've done while not thinking, okay, no, we're good now. No, we want to do more. He almost seems fearful is absolutely not the right word. but he And I don't know if it's a message to himself, his teammates, or both. 
But he really wants to get out there as soon as any talk of history begins. But look, we're still we still want to work. Like he even said it last night. No, mm-hmm. well, parades Wednesday, but we're it's back to work after that. Like he really doesn't even want to tempt the thought of relaxing and resting on yeah. their laurels. When he was on the set with Chris Berman, he's like, "Well, we're not done yet. Like this isn't it. This isn't the finale." Yeah, he's he's twenty eight years old for crying out loud. You know, and uh, I agree. I that's you know that's to already be talking about the next one. Like, and, and we, when we get, you know, I heard Dan Orlovsky, uh, which, which, by the way, if you can catch it on our podcast, was a really good conversation. I know he can irk some people sometimes, myself included. Sometimes he kind of drives me crazy. <laughs> he was great on Mahomes. But he was, he was great on, on Patrick Mahomes. And, um, by the way, another guy not afraid to work. He literally landed on the red-eye flight and went right in. They just started get up. <laughs> wow. And he walks in with two cups of coffee onto the set like 30 Damn. seconds after the show had started. Wow. He, he had red-eyed from uh, Vegas back because <clears throat> he called the game for Australia and cruise ships and some countries in Europe. Uh, he and uh, Louis Riddick did. Um, I'm not sure who the play-by-play guy was, but they were the two analysts. But anyway, uh, you know, he, he said, you know, when I when I talk about this game on Monday, I'm going to talk about the game. I'm not going to talk about what's coming next. He said, too often, like, as soon as it's over, we're on to the next thing, which I get. And I thought, I was like, well, that's interesting. But that is also part of because we've already established what the game means for two weeks talking about what it is. That's why I said where both teams, we've discussed what it means if they win. And that's why for the 49ers, it hurts so bad. Because, like, we already know what it means. We've talked about it. We've cleared the space on the trophy case. And now you got to give it back. And you got to put all your crap back where it was because you ain't a champion. Right. The Chiefs, there's a, a bit of a letdown. But I think, you know, while I understand that, like, Let's not let, let let's enjoy what we're seeing now. Let's comment. Let's talk about. It, let's discuss it. But but it is just natural human emotion to think. Okay, what's next? And if that's that's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Thing is like well yeah we'll enjoy this but we're not done. There's more to come. Yeah, he didn't get this one by resting on last year's. It's one of the reasons right. he's there again. Yeah, like that was uh, impressive. Um, all right, Andy Reid was asked, uh, "What about winning three straight? What would that mean?" Yeah, that would be that would be something. I I just asked that to our to, to this guy right here, <laughs> Ted. Um, I said, has anybody won it three times? And uh, he goes, no. I said, all right. I mean, you know, um, you know we'll see. I, I mean, we've got we've got great competition in our in the AFC West. Um, we just had some hirings, coaching hirings, and these guys are good football coaches, with good quarterbacks, good teams, and so it's not going to just be easy. That's not how this thing rolls. Um, we'll have changeover on our team, which every team has, so you don't know what's there. There's a there's a whole lot of unexpected, and you know we'll just you, you got to keep battling through it, and have a good off season, and then uh, you know good training camp and. And then that ball's shaped kind of funny, so it's got to bounce for you in the right direction. <laughs> he gets it. Do you buy that he didn't know? Uh, yes, I do buy he didn't know. That he didn't know if anyone had ever won three in a row? I don't buy it for a second. You don't? Nope. I actually Not do. for one second. I think you're a gullible fool. <laughs> I think Patrick Mahomes probably knows. I don't know that any. Eh, Why? I, I, I'd buy it. Because I think... I think 
he was he was the kind of knows who he seems to have more of a knowledge of who he's passing and who people that are around him and be more interested in that. He was the quarterback coach for a Green Bay Packer team that was going for back to backs. You think at some point they didn't sit around and talk yeah. about what it would mean to if you get to two they go for three? I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it, but uh, I don't mind what he yeah. said. But uh, here's Mahomes. He was asked about uh, what winning three straight would mean. Yeah, no, it's um, it's legendary. I mean, just um, to be able to – no one's ever done it. And uh, we knew it's legendary to win back-to-back. I think eight other teams had done it. Um, we had heard it all week. We had talked to the guys about it, and we felt like we had the, the best opportunity that we had ever had to, to go out there and do that. And I fell short the year before. And so, I mean, all you could do is come back next year with a fresh mindset, knowing it's going to be even harder. Um, and uh, we got to continue to play our best football. Uh, we'll celebrate these next few weeks, and then we'll get right back at it. I knew he'd know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it's fantastic. Yes. You know, I, I think it, it puts the ultimate carrot in front of him. Uh, by the way, if you want to know, uh, we had uh, Jockey uh, went to work on uh, what, what it's meant. Uh, in the Super Bowl era, teams that have uh, won two in a row, what they did the following year, uh, we have the Green Bay Packers uh, went six and seven. Vince Lombardi left the Packers. Yep. Yep. Um, Phil Bengston. Yeah, no playoff berth. Uh, the Dolphins, after uh, going back-to-back in 72 and 73, went 11 and three and lost in the division round. Uh, the Steelers, after their first pair, went 10 and four and lost in the conference championship game. Uh, the Steelers, after they won one in 78 and 79, just 9 and 7, no playoffs. Uh, 49ers, 88-89, uh, went back-to-back. They went 14-2 and two and lost in the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys uh, went 12-4 and four and lost in the conference championship game to the Niners, and they would win it the next year to complete three out of four uh, for them. The Broncos, John Elway retired. Uh, Brian Greasy took over as the starting quarterback. They went 6-10 and 10 and no playoffs. Yeah, lost Earl Davis early in the year for the yeah. knee. Uh, and then the uh, Patriots, after winning in 03 and 04, they went 10-6 and six and lost to uh, Jake the Snake Plumber. That. Uh, in the uh, divisional round, uh, ten and six, and lost the divisional round. We'll see what the Chiefs do. Uh, they get their shot at winning three in a row. We'll take a break here. More from Andy Reid next here in the program. We're live at Henhouse. They got you covered with everything for Valentine's Day. Their floral department has got a dozen red roses for twenty-five bucks, a dozen rainbow roses for thirty dollars. Stop in, grab them today, tomorrow. Grab them on Valentine's Day. They got you covered. Also bouquets of all kinds of beautiful flowers. If uh, roses aren't your Valentine's thing, also balloons, stuffed animals. Uh, Hey everybody, Joe Spiker, owner of Easton Roofing here. For almost 10 years, we've been a locally owned and operated family business. At Easton, we work on every job with one thing in mind, integrity matters. I grew up in central Kansas, was raised on the values of respecting hard work. At Easton, we always make decisions based on the ethical, right thing for the customer. That's what integrity means to us. So if you have any questions about your roof, give me and my team a call. 913-257-5426. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. to the floral department at your neighborhood hen house. All right, you're in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes at the uh, podium today. The uh, Super Bowl wrap-up. We're live at Hen House. Uh, you can wrap up Valentine's dinner. Uh, order right now at henhouse.com. Uh, wonderful romantic dinner for two with the uh, appetizer, salad, couple entrees, two sides, two desserts, fresh baguette, and a single red rose for just forty nine ninety nine. Go to henhouse.com uh, to uh, put in your order right now. Let's hear some more from Andy Reid uh, talking about uh, whether or not he's going to come back. Adam Teicher asked him about his future. I think I understood you to say after the game last night, you're coming back for another season. Is that right? Yep. Yep. All right. Um, 
to hang with you. We are. Good reason, then. That's it. Why not um, ride off into the sunset at this point for you? You know, Adam, I, I honestly haven't even thought about it, but I get asked it. I mean, I'm still kind of in awe of the, the game and, and what went on there. So um, I really haven't thought why or what or anything else, but people keep asking me. And I, I keep saying, why did Belichick and Pete retire, <laughs> you know? Those guys, they ask those old guys a question, but I'm, I'm the old guy now, <clears throat> so I guess I'm going to be asked that. And I really haven't gone there. I haven't really thought about it. He's going to continue to be asked it. He does understand he's the oldest guy uh, on the board now in the uh, coaching circle, so he'll continue to get asked it. How about the play, Tom and Jerry? Uh, this is him with Peter King. He uh, sat down with Peter King after the game. Reed explained how the uh, one play, uh, the old uh, corn dog play, uh, turned into Tom and Jerry. We call it Tom and Jerry. It's, it's a, Why did a you call it Tom and Jerry? Uh, just it involves a couple people, you know. And, they're dirty little rats, man. Doggone. So it was a good play. Um, but uh, McKinnon is part of that. So, and then Pat has a read. And we built Corn Dog in saying, well, they'll, you know, for sure they'll cover Corn Dog because we call it They've twice. They've seen late. it. They've seen it. So we thought that would be a good disguise. Pull, pull an extra man out there and then we could run the shovel in there. But they converged on the shovel and Corn Dog worked out. They manned it up on the outside and it worked. Andy Reid, man. Corn dog worked out. Funneled corn dog into Tom and Jerry. Yeah. What do you uh, wanted to do didn't work? Oh, we'll do corn dog. Yeah. Um, all right, finally, and i got to be honest with you, I might, if I were Brett Veach, I might be finding Travis Kelsey after the uh, bump on the sideline. Uh, this is with Peter King as well. Reid asked about, uh, you know, Kelsey uh, bumping him on the sideline during the game. He bumps into me, you know, during the first half. And he caught me out of balance. I was a ter- terrible athlete. <clears throat> so I tested my new HIPAA. But he, he caught me off. He caught me out of balance. And, um, but that, that's. You looked a little ticked off when he did that. I, I didn't see him. Yeah. He came out of nowhere. But that's him. I mean, he's so wound up and so tight. I and love what's that. he saying? Give me the ball? He says, don't count me out down here. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm good. I could do this. You know, so, I mean, I love that part. Yeah. I love that part. And I'm old and I flopped around a little bit, but I mean, it's, um, but I love that intensity. And it radiates, man. And you felt it. You yeah. out of, You felt it. And just like the, the guys feel it. Wow. I mean, don't count me out down there. He says that the, the entire team re- responds to Kelsey's energy. Mahomes is obviously the leader, but the energy part comes from Kelsey. When he lands like he did, it spreads throughout the entire team. So I agree, and I thought it. You know, through much of the game, he, you know, there was that moment of fire. But he, you know, usually it's a positive fire and getting excited and being intense. And everything. And a lot of times, he, you know, they showed him on the sideline just sitting there staring. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. And I wondered, is that like, is that fear? Is that like, oh my God, we're letting this opportunity go by? Yeah, you know, we didn't see as much yelling and fired up and, and nature like that. And I was a little. Bit nervous, you know. I was a little bit nervous to be so, honest with you. I've never seen a, play, a, a player do that to a coach like that no. on the sideline ever. No. And if I were Brett Veach, I might be like, okay, I'm gonna find you 50 grand, just so you remember. Don't do this again. You want to get fired up around coach? That's great. He ain't gonna find you. I am. I'm gonna find you. You, you can't be knocking. Can't knock him off his feet for God's sake, man. You know he is the oldest coach in the NFL. Let's remember that. Trent Green coming up next. All right, how many players have caught at least 30 passes in a single postseason? 
brought to you by Good Sense.